Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Potter's beat writer, sitting across from me. Yes, that's right, sitting across from me. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Jay, two quick ones against the Orioles. I took yesterday off. I missed the finale. Another series lost. That's five for five in the second half. Jay, help me out here. There's, uh, what, 57 games to go. Jay, oh, that's right, the trade deadline. All right, so there is something to talk about. What's on your mind today, Jay? Well, I was going to ask you, Kevin, what's happened? They were just rolling after that big series over the Dodgers, 45 and 45, as we've talked about so many times before. Five straight series losses, uh, got swept by the Braves, and then maddeningly consistent, I guess you would say, by losing two out of three in uh, each of the next four series to – Varying quality of teams. The Giants are obviously on a roll. Madison Bumgarner yesterday, really only one mistake. Hunter Renfro hit it 444 feet. Beyond that, he was he was good. The Padres don't score a lot of runs these days. Their pitching yesterday just seemed like sort of the you know empty the bullpen day, and it wasn't the uh, it wasn't a whole lot of the good bullpen. Wasn't the good uh, kind. Right, right. So it ran into some trouble early. Morahone was not as sharp as he had been his first couple outings. Perdomo was okay, but, you know, leaked a couple runs here and there. And then Robbie Erland gave up a couple late. I guess it could be argued you didn't have to go to Robbie Erland there. Could have gone to somebody like Munoz maybe, but I don't know who's available. I mean, that's one of those things you just don't know. You know, they had a couple lefties coming up, although it didn't matter who pitched to Mike Yastrzemski yesterday. That was one of the best games anybody could have. I mean, he was four for four until his last at bat, and he almost hit a home run in his last at bat. And he also made a fantastic catch to take away a home run from Fran Mil Reyes. So uh, anyway, we're... He had a pretty good series. He did have a good series. He's obviously a good player, and, you know, Alex Dickerson had a big hit. Uh, I don't remember anybody being that upset when Alex Dickerson was DFA'd. Uh, All of a sudden, it's sort of, hey, wait, how do we let Alex Dickerson go? But, I mean, he's never been able to stay healthy. We'll see how long that lasts with the... uh, with the Giants. But anyway, the Padres, I think you're right for the next, what, I guess as we tape this now late on Monday morning, we are almost at 48 hours until the deadline, which is 1 o'clock Pacific time. Heck, we could have an emergency Wednesday. podcast uh, at some point in the next 48 we hours. We might need to. Uh, so what, what's going on with trades? One thing I can tell you is this thing all of a sudden that came up yesterday, like, oh, the pot, somebody reported the Padres have decided they're not going to include Mackenzie Gore in a trade for – Noah Syndergaard. Really? They just decided that? I have a feeling that was decided like two years ago when they drafted him. It, it was, and the, I, I think I, I got back to you yesterday that it's one of the th- things I dislike about this time of year is you can put out anything and it's going to get a reaction. And that is something put out from you know a national person who's, who's very good, by the way, evidently from a source from another team that you know reported it breathlessly to him, evidently, that that's the case. Well, that's always been the case. Right, so, you know. right. Whatever. Nobody's getting Gore. Nobody's getting Tatis. Yeah, so I think we can be assured of. of but there, but of that. The, the Padres are, and look, all I really know is that they are very interested in No Syndergaard because that's the guy that they've identified as the fit for now, but really for the future. Because the Padres want to be really good. They do, and you don't just wait for Mackenzie Gore. You don't just you know right. count on Chris Paddock. Um, I think you know it's, there's some interesting things going on right now. You talk about Robbie Erlin. Uh, you know, Robbie Erlin's not going to be around. I mean, it's just the, the way it is. This is, but 
right now, the rest of the second half is team in transition. And that's even if Noah Syndergaard comes and every uh, you know five days is good Noah Syndergaard who's throwing seven, eight innings. Right. And the Padres are still the Padres. And they're going to, I mean, for two, I don't mean that really bad. Like they're, <laughs> they're, they're still where they're at right now. And every once in a while, they're going to empty out that bullpen and they're going to keep Chris Paddock fresh. And, and Denelson Lamette is still going to be growing. And, and anyway, that, that's where we're at. I don't know, Jay. Uh, that's about it. I'm going to be on pins and needles, I'll tell you that, for the next 48 hours. It certainly will not have much to do, though I never complain about a good day at the ball yard, and I'm happy for an afternoon game on Tuesday, then an off day before you go for four more at Dodger Stadium, but certainly won't be because of this Baltimore Orioles series that has me on pins and needles. The Orioles are blazing hot right now, Kevin. Did you know they are 11-9 and in their last 20? Is that since the Padres left and uh, it hit was, them around the yard? Were like five, the Padres, okay. Padres battered them there for a couple days, and then I think they played, it was like four or five more games before this uh, arbitrary 20-game uh, <laughs> yeah. number that I counted back uh, this morning. But they're 11-9 and nine in the last 20. They've won seven of their last 11, uh, including in those games were two out of three against the Red Sox, oh, well. three out of four against the Angels. And what really struck me was they've scored 74 runs in those 11 games. They just set a major league record. The, the horrible Orioles just set a major league record with 10 straight multi-homer games. Wow. It ended, Which, it ended yesterday. Even in this time that yeah. we're playing in? Wow. Two, they that's something. 22 in that span, so it was two most of the time, a couple with three. But nobody had ever done it before, and wow. here we have the Orioles team that's 35 and 70, and they've done it. So now that you're here, you're seeing me read off my cheat my cheat notes <laughs> I was here. Jay, you're so that, smart. That, yeah, that normally I'm. Uh, you don't you don't get to see this, but uh, I mean, look, they're they're a bad team, but like any team in in baseball, the old thing about you know you're gonna you're gonna win 50 games. Well, they're gonna win 50 games. I'm gonna, and, I'm gonna raise my hand here, Jay. Can we yeah. point out something? You know, right now the Padres are a bad team. They're not 11 <laughs> and nine in their last 20. I, I mean, that's just yeah. Gosh, that's just what it is. For so much of the season, I was writing, here they go to play a bad team. They should capitalize. And that's what they were saying is sure. we got to take care of business. Yeah. Well, now they just need to win. Yeah. Like, they just need to feel good about themselves. They need to have some good at bats. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Padres are what, four and 11, I think? Four and 11 since, since the, the uh, mm-hmm. since the break. One thing I looked up on, on that is that they are last 28 days, which is that little line on baseball reference that sort of breaks oh, off yeah. there. Last 28 days, they have scored 3.76 runs per game. Is that down about a run, I think? About from a half a run from their season. Oh, okay. A little more than half a run, almost two-thirds of a run from the season average. But and that, the thing okay. is, their their pitching's been better in July because the bullpen, obviously, has, has been better. But their team OPS, 814 in June, 699 in July. That's a pretty big drop-off. And that's where the problem is, and a lot of that has come. I know Fox San Diego's put up a couple graphics with runners in scoring position uh, in the last so many games, and it's been bad. Well, Hosmer's dropped off. Uh, from, he was a guy who right. every night you were count was getting a, at least one hit yeah. that drove in a run or two. Renfro had not been doing anything until, I mean, he had the one big hit yesterday. I had this— uh, Reyes, I mean, what's happened to Fernando Renfro Reyes? and Reyes are walking more. And homering less. Yay! They're coming around <laughs> to what they really want. It's a, it's a tenet of the organization, right? A player like Tatis comes up through the uh, organization, obviously has you know otherworldly talent, but uh, you know the, the, that's uh, that's a focus. Play the player like Urias, uh, that getting on base anyway. How that that's the uh, the focus. These two guys, you know, 
trying to figure out how to to walk more. Well, well, their slug has. I mean, that right there, Hosmer, Reyes, Renfro, boom, slug is down. Right there, there's, you go. Well, there's your middle, pretty much your middle of the order, right there. You mentioned Urias. Let's. I we didn't talk about this before, but I'll just throw this at you. Urias has been terrible offensively since he came back up. Looks. Pretty much like he did before, not as lost as he did. Not as lost. But no results. More a lot contact. Of, more contact, but it seems like mostly weak contact, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Francisco Mejia has been, you know, occasionally does something spectacular like, with, uh, the, he's on with the, the bat. The, what Andy Green refers to, and not derisively yeah. like it might sound coming out of my mouth, uh, the hit a game plan. <laughs> yeah. you know he, that, And you know what? If he were Austin Hedges behind the plate, you'd be like, "This oh, is an all-star." Absolutely, you would you would love that. But wh- what I'm getting at is, at what point? And I'm not saying we're there yet, but at what point do we start to wonder: Is Arias going to hit in the big leagues? And is Francisco Mejia? Look, everybody's talked about this guy's bat. This guy's bat. He hasn't really shown it since he's been in the big leagues. He didn't show it in Cleveland. Again, limited opportunities. Hasn't really shown it here, other than flashes. At what point do we start to wonder whether either of these two guys are going to hit at the major league level? I think this that hit at the le- I should say hit at the rate that makes them a good player and a top prospect. These guys were like the two and three position prospects well, in the organization right. behind Tatis at the start of the season. We're pretty much there. I mean, Urias less so there because he sure. needs more. Right? They need to see more and like is this what's happening here what kind of adjustments can this guy make um mentally and and physically Mejia like look they basically have never stopped looking for a catcher because Hedges and and Mejia you know can't be one person Mm -hmm. that science hasn't been figured out where you can meld the you know them into that and (laughs) and like you said Mejia hasn't lived up to what they thought or or hoped though I would say you know as if he was an outfielder we'd be calling him adject failure right now but he's a catcher and again if if his catching can be okay and he can keep hitting like this, but the guy is completely undisciplined at the plate. You can't count on him in any sort of situation, mm-hmm. and he's, I would say, so-so at best catching, no matter how much they try to play it up. So, Jay, I tell yeah. you, catching, we're pretty much there, and that's be- become a priority for them. Now, right. catchers that are good enough to play all the time and, and to hit for you— uh, they don't just grow on trees. I mean, I don't know, like, rank me for me. Like, starting pitchers that are really good don't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. After that, I mean, but Austin Hedges has probably established himself, and this is a backhanded compliment, um, as an excellent backup catcher for you. Yeah. So if you can find that other guy, but right. I, yeah, I, that's a real problem because of what you invested in that. And, like, not just, like, invested, like, oh, okay, fine, you gave up Brad Hand and, and – uh, Adam, Adam Simber. Simber. Right. So I could see him, but I couldn't see the name. Uh, but what you invested, like, all right, cool, we're set now. Yeah. We're set at catcher. We got Austin Hedges and Francisco Mejia. Right. And or, right? Well, now you don't. Although maybe were they really sold at the Because, I mean, if, was there how much was there to the Real Muto? Uh, oh, there were, absolutely. Talk, no, so. like, but, but going into but this year, elite, I kind of That's an elite guy. Yeah. That, oh, the Real that, Muto thing was right. like a dream, like really right. wanted that to happen and you know, it didn't, and he's a Philly. And, but they have not stopped. I remember in the beginning of the year, uh, it was all a month into these guys uh, not hitting very well. And I was told that, you know, they haven't stopped. Like, yeah. this is still a A.J. Preller priority, you know, top priority thing. So 
Well, I think is, we're at DEFCON 5 with the kid, or 4, let's say. Okay. Let's say, you know. This uh, is funny with the, I, I brought up the Urias thing, and while you were talking, I got an email, my phone sitting on the desk here, and I got an email said, cannot understand why Andy Green keeps playing second baseman Urias. He has done nothing to help the Padres. Oh boy. Sunday, he went 0 for 4 in a close game with the Giants. He may have been great in triple A, but in my opinion, needs to be sent back. So to forward that to some people who <laughs> sent you the exact same thing about Ian Kinsler. Right. Right. Why is well? It was like exactly. Why does he keep playing? And and you know, there's no question. Urias brings good defense. So does Hedges. But you can't have too many black holes on uh, on the and roster. It's always here. so tough, Jay, because like I saw something the other day about Javi Baez and his first hundred and something games. Right. Urias is not Javi Baez. But like you, the, the point is. The beginning of a guy's career. Well, but this is his third time up. He has done everything. Putting Luis Urias back in AAA does nothing. He's a caught like right. now, it's like now or never. Yeah, you know. No, it feels like that. Even That's though he's twenty, like. right? He's even though he's twenty-two. I haven't even looked up how many at bats he's had this season. I know it's fewer than a hundred. Mm-hmm. It, again, it's way too early to give up on him. But it's just we're not really seeing any signs that this is the guy that we were told that we were going to see other than he's been better about walking. I could see Urias still starting the season next year Uh based on if he's not lost the yes, he he lost. Well, there's a whole bunch of things, but that's that was the first thing in my mind where I was like, I better have an an if after this. But I could see him starting because, you know, he lost a lot in the offseason. To the hamstring, right? right? Right, And there's all sorts of stuff. Uh, the, the the confidence in the beginning of the season, and 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 just you know, he just thought he was he thought he was assured a spot at the start, you know, and he then boom, Tatis became Tatis, yeah. and really struggled, and and so I could see there, but no, it's like 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 I was saying about going after Cindergard. This team thinks it's a contender next year, and they're in the you know they're in the National League West, where. Like the Diamondbacks are always like at least a threat with their pitching staff Correct. when they throw out there, right? Yeah. And who knows about the Giants, right? We think they're headed down and they have no, uh, you know, they have no uh, farm system. But look what they're doing, right? And the Dodgers, of course, right? Nineteen right. games a year. Like, there's not a lot of free pass going on here. It's not the American League Central, okay? So they're like, we got to get serious about this. Can we really afford a second baseman who can't hit? Right. No, Thanks. I mean that's one of the things that to to watch is that. You're not really playing for a division title no. at any time soon, so you're playing for one of those two wild card spots. But you're and playing you in a, a division, comp- and you're playing against yes. good, you're playing against a division that's pretty good. I mean, the Rockies are, are nowhere near what we thought they would be this year. But does that mean they're not going to be good next year? You always have to play at Coors Field, exactly. Right, exactly. Ten, nine or ten games there. Is it nineteen? Or is it seventy-two or seventy-six games? Almost half your games in your division. Yeah. Okay. It's just. Even if you're not, like, you're realistically, and believe me, within the organization, it's been said to me, like, look, not the Dodgers next year, okay? Yeah. All right? We're going wild card, but we dang well better be a wild card team next year. Right. And right now, if you look at things, this lineup does not look like it has too many holes in it at this point. Now, again, the what we've seen out of Will Myers the last couple of days, at, at least on Friday and Saturday, yesterday wasn't so great, but Friday and Saturday looked good. Hitting the ball, I think I, for a minute I thought you were gonna have you were gonna be like the the Will Myers whisperer. He he talked for sixteen minutes to you. You wrote this big story about him, and and all of a sudden you fi- I thought you fixed him. I'll take what the last few days he had out of Will Myers. 
Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll I mean, fr- Friday night, he, I don't think he uh, might have had a hit Friday, but he hit he the did ball. Not. Re- did not, but he Smoked hit the ball twice. twice really hard. Which, which, okay, look, he was over three, guys, but he hadn't been hitting the ball hard. Exactly. So well, there was a no. step, right? And Saturday night was much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday was, again, not quite as good, and it, except at the end, he hits a home run off Will Smith. If you could take Will Myers from this weekend, you could say, hey, okay, there's hope for Will Myers. Now, Here's what I want to say about Will Myers. If Will Myers hits 350 the rest of this season, all it did, I think, was set it up that they can trade him. You can't count. I love Will, right. and everyone knows it. And I think he's fantastic. And uh, like, I think there's a great value in, in, in having Will Myers. But the Padres cannot afford to risk another super slump by a player who is prone to slumps. Right. And right. so Will Myers is smart enough and said so. Right, I've got to get my value up whether I'm in their plans, which I hope they are. Basically, mm-hmm. I hope I am. I love it here. This, you know, it's, the, the great pain for this guy is that he loves this team. Right? right. He he he's a winner, and no one no, winners don't like to be on losers. <laughs> and he's been on losers, yeah. and he's like, man, I could have helped this team be a winner. That's great pain. But I'm just telling you, like uh, Will Will Myers, they can't. You can't. Are you comfortable, Jay, penciling in Will Myers, even if he hit 350? the rest of this season are you comfortable penciling him into left field or right field next year no i don't see how you could be but i'm not I, i'm not real comfortable penciling in for Emil reyes right now either i think that they're less comfortable than they were because of that on base percentage yeah. and the power outages um now hunter renfro boom and here's one thing okay let's but talk who about, else do i have let's I talk mean, about manuel margot i was just gonna say are you and comfortable penciling in I am, margot and i am because at some point like our judgment about this team has become clouded and so we're so like, well, Manuel Margot has been good for two months, but it's just two months. Well, you know what? The kind of changes he's made, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm not saying all-star. Okay. I'm saying with Tatis in the lineup doing what you expect, with Machado in the lineup doing what you expect, with Renfro in the lineup doing what you expect, um, with Hosmer at least being a, you know, a semblance at what will be 29 or 30 next year um, of what you expect. If, if Manuel Margot is, is somewhere in there, Yes, I am comfortable because of the defense he brings, and because you can't replace everybody. If you got to go out and find a catcher, you know what I mean. Right. If you got to go out and find a starting pitcher, you know what? Yes, as long as Manuel Margot continues to be the disciplined player that he has been so far. Look, at some point you got to say, got to keep some of these guys. And if, if Manuel Margot can have a three twenty on base percentage and play good defense, and I can find another corner outfielder, then yes. I am, but that's just, you know, some of that is me watching, some of that's me listening. Jay, you we go back to what uh, you just said. There's still a lot of holes in the lineup. Right. There you go. So, And uh, maybe that's what, again, they've got a couple days to make a trade right now, and then they have an offseason to make deals as well. But it doesn't seem like, and I, you know, I did the, the minor league report last week. Jeff Sanders was oh, on yeah. vacation. I noticed So that. I put together the minor league report for, for five days. So I was looking at minor league box scores a lot more than I ever do. I don't know that there's much coming in terms of position players next year. Next year, right. Now, I think, you know, guys like Xavier Edwards, Owen Miller, people like that that you're looking at down, down the line. But I'm not sure there's anybody next year that I'm taking from El Paso or Amarillo and dropping into this lineup on a team that wants to contend for the playoffs. So a couple of these guys are going to have to be uh-huh. better, like Margot yep. and Urias, and they're going to have to bring in a couple guys as well. I, I'm not as worried about the pitching as 
I mean, look, one more starter would be great. Maybe I'm counting too much on Garrett Richards, you know, being healthy next year. But I, I think this lineup is a little bit shaky at this point. Going forward, not just now. Absolutely, absolutely, and I I agree with you. I just know that if you, you still don't have that guy, and and does Paddock show signs that he could be? Sure, yeah. absolutely. But that guy that is going to stop is not going to allow these six and seven game right. losing streaks or whatever. No, I think one really good pitcher would be great because to McKenzie have. But, Gore. I'm, but I'm not over. But I'm I I, I just think you got to be careful not to overpay for somebody like that. And I, I absolutely, but I don't. I just don't think they will, or this deal would probably be done. Yeah, you know, that's if, probably if, true. If they were, uh, I want to go back to one thing you said before we go, and, and you were talking about you know like Robbie Erlin pitching and, and the bullpen and all that, and it just got me thinking like as we assess the rest of this season, games in which certain people play or in particular certain people pitch. They don't mean anything. <laughs> I mean, the guy's not going to be here. So I hate to say this, given that you know the the impatience and and what the first you know half of the season was. But like, what you need to take out of what this bullpen is doing is when Andres Munoz pitches. Right. Is when right. Michelle Baez pitches. When Chris Paddock starts. You know. Yeah. Okay. What are Lauer and Lucchese doing to put themselves on this team next year? That is what you're watching. Right. I. It's one of those things, and I. It always sounds weird, and I, I almost hesitate to say this, but especially given the impatience of, of the people who have watched this yes. organization for almost a decade and are tired of hearing about losing games and everything, but wins and losses at this point right now are not the most important thing. And I know that sounds ridiculous, and it sounds like, oh, you're just making excuses, but that's where the Padres are right now. Yeah. They aren't going to the playoffs. So what you need to find out is, can this guy play? Is this guy worth having around on a team that we think is going to be good? It might mean starting, you even wrote about this the other day, Manuel Margot hits at the top of the lineup, second in the order against right-handed pitching. Normally you wouldn't do that, but they want to say, hey, let's see what happens. You know, yesterday, if the Padres are trying to win the pennant this year, are they structuring their pitching staff so it looks (laughs) like it did? Yesterday, I, I, I kind of doubt that. They're, they're trying to find stuff out. I understand how it doesn't set well with a lot of people, and I get that completely. But in the long run, I, I don't know what else. They, to me, that's all you can look at right now. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, well, you, absolutely, Jay. I mean, I don't know how many times we've said that, but I get it. If uh, you know this ongoing uh, deal here, <laughs> this ongoing <laughs> process, bears repeating. All right, Jay, uh, two with Baltimore off day, and then four against the Dodgers. Uh, maybe that'll get him back on track. Yeah, another trip back to <laughs> Dodger Stadium, right? So, okay, well, we will uh, we'll definitely— you know what? Probably a podcast in the next 48 hours. Well, I was going to say we'll definitely do this again on Thursday, and there's a possibility we'll do it on Wednesday. We'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Thanks for listening, everyone. 